Well, we've been in a series for several weeks called The Importance of Forgiveness. If you didn't hear those messages, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Uh, they'll be a blessing to you. Uh, but we're going to continue this evening. Look at Ephesians 4.30. It says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. But is that possible? If, if, the, if the Holy Spirit here, through the Apostle Paul, is telling us to let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you, then it's possible to put it away from us. It's possible not to do it. So in other words, we need to sometimes change our mindset and not think, well, I just have to do this. That's just me or that's just a pattern and have this mindset that there's no way, that, you know, this, this, there's this standard up here, but I'm just not going to attain it. If we think that way, we're expecting to fail. We're, go, we're, expect, we're setting ourselves up to, to do the same things. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect tomorrow, but we ought not expect to, well, I just, you know, here we go again. I'm just going to fail. If God told us we can do it, then we could do it. If he said, let it be put away from us, these things, then we, we can do that. Everybody say, I can do that. Everybody say this, I can do what the Bible says I can do. Let's say that again. I can do what the Bible says I can do. One more time. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Amen. So if the Bible says we can do something, then we can do it. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to do it in your own strength. We're not talking about that. We're saying, uh, according to what God said in his word, you can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do it. I can do it. Through him. Through his strength. Look at the next verse then. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. So then can we do that part too? Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Well, I'm just not that way. I'm just kind of a hard person. Well, room to grow. Kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. And we talked, we've been talking about different aspects of forgiveness, uh, different, um, just focusing on, on different um, related topics, you know, talked about forgiving, you know, first of all, just forgiving other people, um, forgiving yourself. Um, just that, you know, if you're tempted not to be forgiving or tempted to have thoughts, that's, that doesn't mean you fall into sin, that you, you need to resist those thoughts. You need to say, no, I'm not going down that way, just kind of like what we were just talking about here. And we talked about receiving forgiveness, and um, tonight, let's look at uh, Colossians 
It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let's just read that whole uh, section again. I'm going to emphasize a certain part. But verse 12, Therefore, as the elect of God, or as the church, as those that are saved, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. So bearing with one another, you're basically putting up with one another. You're, you're walking with each other. Forgiving one another... If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also, you must do. Yeah, we can, we can do what the Bible says we can do, right? Verse 14, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. In the NLT, verse 15 it says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Now notice it just got done saying, you know, um, put on tender mercies and kindness, humility, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If you have a complaint against another one, forgive and then put on love. And then it says... Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. So this is in context. It's talking about peace and talking about living in peace with individuals. Do we have the Phillips? I know that. Do you have the Phillips translation? Thank you. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, remembering that as members of the same body you are called to live in harmony. And never forget to be thankful for what God has done for you. Let's read Romans. Um, let's see, we want to read that one. Yeah, let's read uh, Romans 12, 17. It says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Let's also read Ephesians 4. I therefore the, the Ephesians 4 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Notice it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In the Amplified Classic, it says, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness 
of and produced by the Spirit in binding power of peace. In the NIV, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So you see in the theme, we're going to read some more scriptures, but see a theme here? Uh, if we go back to, um, let's go back to Colossians 3.15 in the Phillips. So you see this talking about harmony and peace, living with each other peaceably. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, remembering that as members of the same body, you are called to live in harmony. In the, the King James, you don't have to go back there, but it says you are also, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called. So you're called to peace. You're called to live in harmony. As much as depends on you, live in peace or live peaceably with all men. Uh, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So, you know, we're talking about forgiveness, forgiving and receiving forgiveness. And so that's very important when we're talking about living peaceably. But I just want to camp tonight on this aspect of living peaceably with people, because if you're going to live peaceably with people, you're going to have to bear with them. You're going to have to forgive them. You're going to have to be forgiven, unless you just think, you know, you, you've arrived, nobody's ever going to have to forgive you, but, but you're going to have to bear with all these other people around you. No, and they're probably, they could think the same thing of you. But if we all think, yeah, I'm going to bear with you, you're going to bear with me, I'm going to forgive you, you're going to forgive me, especially when it, when it talks about people, or when I, I want to, um, I don't necessarily emphasize this all evening, but I do want to emphasize the people close to you. And in your family, the people that you are around a lot. Well, that would talk about, that would be your family, of course. Um, and then your church family. You know, I have close friends that are, uh, you know, like family. But, you know, just, just people that are close to you, whoever, whoever they are, right? But, you know, those are the people that you're going to have the most opportunity to get out of peace with. You know, if you don't see people or talk to them very often, like, you know, they're some distant person that you see once a year and you're going to see them for an hour and a half, you know, at some meeting. I mean, unless it's a real volatile situation, it's going to, you can make it through that. You can get, you know, you can get through that meeting, you know, some coworker that you never see. You know, we can throw coworkers in there. That's not really my emphasis, but, you know, just... As far as people that you're close to, the, you might work with people, and that, that's something. But, you know, where you live, even work, people do it all the time. They get through work, and then they go off when they get home because they've just been suppressing it all day. I'm dealing with you. I'm dealing with you. And they don't always suppress it. I mean, you know, you get, you get stuff. But, you know, there's a professional level that people try to maintain to a degree that doesn't always happen of course but i'm saying even when it doesn't look like it's happening it's probably happening they're probably going off less than they could professionally but then when they get home well 
I've been putting my flesh under dealing with these people because I want to keep my job or I want to keep these accounts or I want to keep, you know, working here. And I want, I, I don't want to jeopardize my income, but, you know, then your family and the people you're around or your church family, oftentimes they're the ones that, that get the, I'm not even talking about, you know, directly. It's just you're done or you could be, I'm done with dealing with this. And so then you're around people that are supposed to be the ones you love and care about the most and tempting to all of us, right? You just aren't fun to be around because you've used or you maybe think you've used up all your patience and your love on all these other people that are going home to their families or going over to who, going to whomever. But, you know, you're dealing with people that you're supposed to love and that you have to live with and that you're around most of the time. And yet that can be the time that we're the, the least controlled. We're least monitored because there's no, it's not professional. It's not, I'm not saying it ought to be like that. I'm saying that's, <laughs> that's just the way, you know, you, you want some space to let down. Well, oftentimes that's, you're around people that, well, for back a letter, uh, lack of a better term, you, you take them for granted. Or I take them for granted, you know, well, that, you know, they're there. It's easy not to, you know, to live, you know, as peaceably. But if we're going to live peaceably, I mean, ought to, the home ought to be a sanctuary. Church ought to be a sanctuary. You know, and boy, the last several years within the body of Christ, you know, the world's been ripped apart. But within the body of Christ, I mean, how much dissension did you see the last several years in COVID and over all the social unrest, all this stuff, just, you know, politics, all this, just within, within the church, within families, just. The church is supposed to preach the gospel and put Jesus on the throne first and foremost. For, foremost. You know, you can alienate people real quick. Just giving your opinion about stuff. I'm not saying we need to cover issues that the Bible talks about and, and be strong in it. But you know what? Not everybody agrees with you and me. And if you're going to reach the lost, you can't just blow everything up left and right because, you know, you have an opinion and you don't care about anybody else's opinion. We're supposed to live peaceably. Now, there's a difference between li living peaceably and being a pushover. Somebody has a problem with the, the truth, that's their problem. They have a problem with how you present the truth and, and things, you know, because you're, you're just throwing stuff out or you're throwing things that really don't need to be. Well, then, you know, if people are offended at God, that's their problem. But they're offended at us because of something that we could correct. Well, you know, maybe, maybe we could change some things, not, not compromise but we can live peaceably with people. But I was saying, you know, how much, how much dissension have you seen in the body of Christ and in families and everything? But this is, we're supposed to have a, a place where, yes, we're fighting the battles out here, but then we get home and we're at peace. And we circle wagons. And we circle wagons as the body of Christ in the church, that we're, we're with each other. We're all growing and and developing, and we're all at different places, but we got each other's back. It's not supposed to be that we're, you know, at each other and tearing each other down. You're just giving voice to the devil, and he'll accommodate you. 
he'll totally accommodate you uh, when you're talking about your family and people close to you. Um, you start going down a negative track. It, it is no problem at all to just, you know, rip somebody apart because we're all flawed, <laughs> right? Anybody want to say I'm not? I'm not flawed. No. No, we all know we're all flawed. We all are. That's not a bad confession. It's just true, okay? It's not. You cannot confess it. You're still flawed. You're working on it. We ought not to have the idea, I just can't change it. No, that's wrong. You're going to stay there, and you're going to give place to the devil, and you're not going to resist when you're being pushed. You're not going to push back because you know it's just the way I am. That's not a good place to be. On the other hand, you don't go like, well, there's no problem. I don't have anywhere to grow. That's not a good thing. That's not a live, way to live peaceably. That's not a way to get along. But we, we are, are to strive, as Christians, we're to strive to live peaceably, to keep the unity, to keep harmony. And so when we're talking about, you know, let's just uh, refer to the family for a little bit. You know, look, uh, we read this before and you know but let's look at Ephesians 4:26 and 27 it's back up higher it's one of the scriptures that near the beginning Ephesians 4:26 it says be angry and do not sin nor do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil so you can be angry and not sin you see, that's news to some people. People say, oh, you can't get angry as a Christian. Jesus got angry. God, look at the Bible. God is angry. He can get angry. But he never sinned. Jesus never sinned. Even when he was overturning the tables in the temple, he was not sinning. When he was calling, you know, the, the Pharisees, you whitewashed graves, whitewashed tombs, your, your father's the devil. He's not sinning. So you can be angry and not sin, but it says don't give place to the devil. So we're going to live life. We're going to have our family. We're going to be working and, um, and just, just live in life normally. We're going to have opportunity to be at odds with one another. We're going to have opportunity... Uh, to make a choice whether we're going to live at peace or not. And when things get out of peace, when things, when we, when we find ourselves, we did something, like we talk about, we're forgiving somebody else, or, or, or we did something, we're going to have an opportunity to make it right and to restore peace. Now, we're not talking about you bending over backwards to cater to somebody that is completely not trying to be at peace for themselves. They're basically abusive or they're, um, they're very self-centered and they're doing things around them. And then so that you have to, let's keep the peace and let's just not let anything bad happen. So that means basically I'm compromising, changing. We're not talking about that, okay? To be clear, we're talking about, but in a healthy, loving family, uh, you should, I should strive 
to keep the peace. As much as it depends on me, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably. That means you're, you're, you're endeavoring. Let's look at the way it says it in, um, in Ephesians 4, verse 3. Let's read it in the New King James. It says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. In Amplified, it says, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep harmony. In the NIV, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Make every effort. That means that's like if it depends on me. If there's anything I can do. Now, you can't control somebody else's will. You can't change anybody either. I can't change anybody. The, the quicker we figure that out in close relationships, the better off we are. In marriage, you know, of course, as a parent relationship, you have is when they're actually in your house. I mean, you have a, a responsibility to train them and bring them up. Um, but when you're talking about relationship, but you're not going to change them fundamentally. But especially when you're talking about peer-to-peer uh, -peer adults, you're not going to change your spouse. That doesn't mean you just let them do whatever. Uh, you can express, express and, and communicate, but, but we can't change the other person. I can't control anybody else's will, but I can control myself. And I'm supposed to make every effort to, get, to make peace. In other words, it's not okay to let stuff go when I should do something about it, when, I'm when I, I, could, I could tweak something, I could say something, I could communicate, we could talk, you know, about, about whatever. Uh, now, you know, somebody could, I, I could say something to somebody in my household, and, you know, they, they blow me off, but then that's their issue. And if we're going to live in peace in a household, like we said, it should be a sanctuary, then we're going to, we, we have to make an effort. It's not okay not to. The world, the world has portrayed such dysfunction. I mean, that word's overused. I think it's cliche because people say basically anything human is dysfunction. So, you know, no matter what, it's dysfunctional because it's not operating optimally. And you give these textbook examples of what it should be. And it's like, and then they put a label on something that's wrong. And it's like, no, you call it, it's a human. But you're like, no, but then you have this disorder. Yeah, human disorder. But no, it's like you didn't do this right. And you look at it and you're like, really? I mean, there's so many things. No, I mean, I'm not, yeah, there's certain things that people could have, uh, just, yeah, an actual more accentuated issue in something. But we, we, we have to realize that we're dealing with imperfect people including us. And so we're going to need to endeavor to try to, to try to keep the peace with each other. And if we find that there's not peace, so I was saying the world is, is shown such dysfunction. I mean, you know, you can't really pinpoint. It's been just a gradual slope for a long time. I mean, 
it really started accelerating. But I, I mean, I can't even say when it accelerated because you know you look at stuff that's 50s, 60s. It was already there's just garbage. You say, what's well, rated G? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's garbage. In in um, in uh, sitcoms and things, just it began to be this dissension, and it's all it's cool to to throw darts at each other. In fact, that's where all the humor comes from is people putting each other down and, and, and basically not getting along and husbands and wives not getting along and putting each other down and putting their kids down and then putting other people down. And, and so people have seen this stuff over and over and think, well, that's just, that's okay. I mean, that's the way everybody is. It's not okay. It's, it's not okay for what we're reading here. It's not okay for a Christian. It's not supposed to be that way. And we shouldn't settle for it that way. It's not supposed to be that way in our homes. Just because you look at some, some dumbed down, you know, uh, written sitcom or written movie with actors playing a part, you don't say, well, that's reality. That is the opposite of reality. That is manufactured. And we're not talking about being fake either and acting like there's just nothing. We're talking about really striving to actually have real peace, to really actually get along with one another and to, to love one another. And if people in the household are actually doing that, making every effort, well, then one person may want to say something but holds back because they're not going to say it because you know that's not going to be helpful in this situation. Then the other person, somebody does say something. They know they shouldn't have said it, but the other person overlooks it. That speaks volumes. When one person says something that they know, the minute, second it's coming out of their mouth, they may have known they shouldn't have said it, and did it anyway, or they may have known they shouldn't have said it, but they're, they're catching up and they're realizing they shouldn't have said that. And if it just goes by and their person's acting like it didn't happen, not talking about enabling something to, to happen. We're talking about just said something and you're like, I'm going to let that one go. The person that said it knows it. They know. If the lights are on, they know. You just didn't react to that on purpose. That's an act of love. You're keeping the peace. And if both people and many people, multiple people are doing this, then we can actually walk in harmony. What is that? You, you're just, when you're saying, I'm going to forgive that. It, it came out of your mouth, I'm going to forgive that. That's what you did. You just, you didn't, ha you didn't make a big ceremony about it. You just basically said inside, I'm going to let that go. Again, not saying you have to say this because people take it, run with it the other way. We're not saying that you just let something go all the time. We're saying a give and take of, man, they just got out. Of, they, you know they had a bad day at work or a challenging day, and they say something a little sharp, and you come with to them with a smile anyway. Instead of calling them on it, and you know they had a bad day, and you know they're getting pressed, well, you're going to make them pay, and you don't talk to me that way. Now you just are going to make it that much worse. You know, how would we want to be treated in certain areas? And so if we're, we're, we're endeavoring to do this, and again, it's not, it's not our ability, but we're, we're asking for God's help. 
Lord, this is your will. You know, we started out saying, if the Bible says it, we can do it. So where does that become very practical? When we have relationships is a real good place for it. Because you know, as well as I do, we can be in here and we can see the word and we can be like, yes, I'm going to do that next time. And you get out into the car on the way home from church and you, you can be tested or at home and you're like, you can be pushed right away. And if, if, if we'll let the love of God dominate us there, we can actually make progress to where it's like, okay, you know, I'm actually on this track. This is livable, not some pie in the sky thing because if we go the other way and go like, oh, I see the word and I want to do that, immediately we let that slip and we're at odds. There can be a hopelessness that I just don't see how to make this work and forget it. It's just theory or I can't do it. I'm just this way. Those are all wrong thoughts. And if we yield to it, then we're just going to stay. But if we push it back on it and say, no, I'm supposed to resist that. I'm gonna, as much as it, as it um, depends on me, I'm going to live peaceably. So now we can push forward. Well, what does that take? Then, then it, ta it comes together in a lot of the things we've been talking about. It may mean I just said something, and then I'm going to say, that was wrong. I'm sorry. You know what? I shouldn't have said it. You, and you do that two seconds after you say it. Well, now if the other person is endeavoring to live peaceably, they know, if they're honest, they've done the same thing. And you just immediately said, I shouldn't have said it. You realized it. You, you repented of it right away. You, you said, you know, I'm sorry, forgive me. Now, they, it hasn't even had a chance to fester. If, if they're trying to live peaceably, they're like, yeah, no problem. Let's go on. Let's just keep going on. The more we make that a pattern, the more stability we're building in. Let's look at... Um, See, where's my other verse? Romans 14, 19. It says, therefore, let us pursue. This is very much like another verse we read, but, you know, it's in multiple places in, in the Bible. Let us, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify one another. In the Amplified Classic, it says, so let us then definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and for mutual upbuilding, edification, and development of one another. I'm going to read that verse again. This is what we are to do. Let us then definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and for mutual upbuilding, edification, and development of one another. So you're, you're aiming for and you're eagerly, eagerly pursuing what? What makes for harmony? What does that mean? What helps harmony? What encourages harmony? What enables harmony? And for mutual upbuilding, notice mutual upbuilding, edification and development of one another. So we're aiming for and pursuing things that are going to mutually build us up. Are you getting a picture of this type of atmosphere? It's, it's multiple people endeavoring to do what is going to help 
and shunning those things which are not going to help. And that is what, what propels this type of a, um, of a relationship is the endeavoring by the power of the Holy Spirit to actually do these things will change the atmosphere in a home, will change the atmosphere in relationships. We, you know, we could sit here for hours and hours talking about all the things about God that, that, you know, we could glorify him. We could talk about the things we're supposed to do, not do what we're running a race and uh, all the different truths in the word of God. This right here will, will, can make or break your actual walking out of those things. Because what we do in our homes and what we do with one another just on a very granular daily basis will determine how we're feeling's the wrong word but you know how we're operating with God and how we're operating in our walk as a Christian because if if we're constantly at odds with people in our house then it's going to be difficult to run strong as a Christian and go out there when the battle's on the inside of the four walls so you're, if you're thinking, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to you know, share my faith and I'm trying to live for God, but in, inside my home it's turmoil and that's like the last place that I want to be, it's going to, it's going to hinder everything about how we walk. Do you see that? You can get a hold of a truth. You can see it in the Word of God. You can say, my life will never be the same. And when you go back into an atmosphere that's going to be tumultuous and, and if, you're try, if you're harboring resentment, you don't push it all off on the other person. Think about this is mostly talking about us. But if, if people in the relationship, both ha if they're harboring resentment, if they're not getting along, if they're throwing zingers, you know, saying things, it's the, the truth of God's word will get drowned because the, the condemnation will come at you. The devil will gain a foothold. He'll throw thoughts at you and, and be like, well, who are you to believe that? Your confidence will, will, will go down because we're enabling. That's a foothold, foothold for Satan in our family, which will be a foothold for us to actually walk out our, li our, our lives as we ought to with strength. On the other hand, if we're endeavoring as much as it depends on us to live peaceably, if we're endeavoring to pursue and aim at, at eagerly, at aiming at building up one another, at pursuing harmony, then it's, it's what makes um, everything work. There's, it becomes uh, lubricated. It becomes the, the, the love of God, the the presence of the Holy Spirit allows us to get along, to build one another up, to encourage one another. And so now you're on that foundation and now you can deal with the stuff at work and at school and in other areas. Because you're doing what you know to do to walk in peace. You're, you're forgiving. You're asking forgiveness. You're walking. You're saying things. If you said something sharp, you're taking that back. If, 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 um, they, if the other person or people are saying something, you're overlooking it. You, you are creating this 
um, lubricated mechanism that is not unstable, but very stable and resistant to being torn down. And now if there is a push from the outside, if stuff was hard at work or stuff was hard at school, you come into that atmosphere and people are there to build you up, to encourage you, not to tear you down. Well, that makes you strong and the power of God then can flow through your life and be affecting others at, at a much more substantial level. But it's just, it's intentional. And it's going before God and saying, God, Lord, show me how, how, what I need to do. You know, you have different relationships with different people. You have different people in your home. You know them to a degree. How? You say, I just don't know how to get along with the person. How? Show me how. Show me what to do. Show me what not to do. As much as you're going to lead me and then pray for the other people. Pray for them because you can't, well, everybody, I see this in the word of God. This is what we're going to do. And if you're telling that to your spouse, I mean, you can share. But if it's like a commandeering thing and you're trying to use the word of God to beat them over the head, you just started off on the wrong foot. And it's not going to go well, you know, well, I, in the word, this is what the wife is supposed to do. In the word, this is the husband's role. And pfft, that's not, it's not telling you to tell the other person what to do. What it's saying is, look at your role and do that really well to the best of your ability and pray for the other person that they'll see it. Brothers and sisters, same way. Oh, well, he's picking on me. No, you, you do what you know that you stop throwing the darts. You stop egging them on. You start, you stop saying stuff you know is going to get under their skin. And you, frankly, enjoy doing it. Praise God. Simple, but, but I mean, we can all, you know, people be so spiritual. People would much rather go to a two-day conference about something and just say, we're going to get the power of God and get all immersed. And then they go home and they blow it all to smithereens because they won't do what we're talking about here. You, you can control yourself for two days. But it's just the day in and day out. It takes, you know, if you're going to look to God consistently and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit consistently, it's going to be much more powerful than you going to some conference. I'm not against conferences. We just advertised one. We're, we're, that's good, but it can't be a substitute because it will not offset constantly being in strife and constantly um, throwing darts. And not forgiving and holding on to unforgiveness, uh, never asking for forgiveness, never trying to live at peace, but then I'm going to go be sanctified in a meeting. See, that's what people think of church. That's why they don't want anything in the world is because they think it's just fake. Because people will go and act all holy, and then in the, in the, the, as soon as they're with each other, they're not like that. It's not that way. The, we're reading Scripture tells us what we ought to do, and the power of God will enable us to actually do it. And then it can be, our homes can be like heaven on earth. You know, don't claim to have arrived, but we're, we, we're, we should all endeavor to say, that's the direction I'm going. And we didn't talk about it a lot, but that's the way we ought to act as a church family, too, because we are a family. We're the family of God. And with our local church family, you ought to realize we're here to build one another up. 
It ought to be a safe place where we're here to go out and do the work of the gospel. You don't need to be throwing darts of people in here. They're, everybody, you know, where we are, uh, you got enough dealings with the, the world and everything out there. You don't need it in here. But God will help us to do if we'll turn our heart toward him. If we don't, if we don't make the excuse that I just can't do it, oh, I, I, that, I'm just too hardened, oh, this is just, you don't know this person, and just endeavor, God, I'm going to do my role by your strength, with your help, by your grace, and I'm going to do as much as it depends on me. I'm going to live in peace. I, if I need to have forgiveness, I'm going to ask for it. If I need to forgive, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be quick. And then God is faithful to help us. Any situation. Amen.